And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Nick Kraftkus with me. Say hello there, everybody. How's it going, guys? And I have Charlie, as always, with me. And then Clinton is a little, running a little late and everything, but that's perfectly fine here. Uh, so tonight, we're actually reviewing the 2021 film, Chang Shi. This is actually kicks off what um, kicks off the Marvel movies and stuff like that for the month of September, whenever this was released. I, on the other hand, haven't even gotten a chance to see this until now. So I'm actually privileged to be able to watch this and everything. Would I have liked to see this in theaters and see those wide angle shots and stuff like that? Absolutely. Because I feel like this is like a movie going experience that I needed to experience inside the theater versus watching it at the comfort of my own home. But the fact that I got to see it, I, I, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm just going to give a little bit of synopsis just in case people doesn't know what this is about. But thousands of years ago when Exo Wenvu discovers the mystical Ten Rings, which grants the immunity and godly powers, he establishes the Ten Rings organization, conquered kingdoms, and topping governments through history. In 1996, Wenvu searches for Talo, a village said to harbor mystical beasts. He travels through a magical forest and for the, to the village entrance, but is stopped by a guardian named Ying Li. And so that's where we start, start our adventure off at. So I like how you have this guy who is nothing but power. That's all he. That's all he's after is power. He conquered everything on Earth that he con that he can conquer. So it's like, what can I go from do from here? Then he finds out about this village. And so in 1996, he flies to that village. And of course, I love the special effects whenever he's lost within the jungle and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then finally, he, he actually sacrifices his own people and stuff like that, too, because the way that the trees and everything else is moving is actually causing him to go off the course to that, to that village because the village is actually trying to protect it from being known. And then finally, he goes, uh, he actually winds up jumping out of the jeep and then he winds up discovering ying lee so the thing that i liked about the battle between ying lee and him it has this crunching tiger hidden dragon kind of feel to it mm -hmm. and also too it has this element it feels like magic the gathering kind of thing where you have the elemental of wind you have this other elemental with the rings and i love it i love how the two of them uh is more cohesive together and it's like who's gonna win power over uh, over earth or stuff like that so i definitely like that aspect to it and like i said it had that crunch and tiger hidden dragon thing i liked how he thought he was powerful because he had the rings mm -hmm. but then when she started kicking his ass through uh the way that she was doing things and stuff like that he's like okay maybe i overestimated myself mm -hmm. here and stuff like that because i know i can't uh take over the way i want to take over what happens is he winds up falling in love with her and then the next thing you know it he winds up getting married and then they have a they have two kids and i definitely love the introduction into Ch uh chang lee but what about you guys you can go ahead for sure you can go ahead nick uh yeah i mean that whole intro is just spectacular and to see it in theaters i know you didn't like the sound engineering behind it too i mean everything from the wind to the trees swishing to the rings themselves when he finally uses them for the first time it all just shook the entire theater and added to the overall experience. But I thought, you know, they really played on a lot of the motifs that were established early on with the genre of this type of movie. So I loved that. And I just thought that, you know, the choreography and the sequencing and everything, it laid out a story that really kind of hooked me in, even though it's not core to what the actual plot is down the line. Definitely. Um, I'll 
Yeah, I was skeptical on this movie. I mean, John and I have done trailer reactions to this. I was not sold on this. I was like, okay, the the fight sequences I knew were going to be good, but is the story going to be cohesive? What's really going on? Is Aquafina going to be like obnoxiously funny in this? Like, like the, this, like this, this is like I had a lot of doubts about this, and then when I saw this in the theaters, like the opening sequence, I was like. Well, like him just, just destroying the army with the reins. Like he took out at least 20 to 30 guys just with that one move. Yeah. And then I, I my brother and I laughed when he just killed his own people by sacrificing. All right, I'm going to jump out of the car. Screw you guys. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saving myself. And then him jumping out of the car while his other people just get munched by the, uh, by the jungle. Yeah. But yeah. Like you said earlier, the choreography for this fight choreography, I've seen a lot of these directed DVDs, like directed video choreography. Oh my God. The choreography is absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. There was the occasional one that I watched. I think this, uh, a lot of Scott Atkins stuff and a lot of Scott Atkins stuff. The choreography is really good, but the plot sucks. Um, I think the one that the decent one I just watched was Ninja Two, mm-hmm. but the choreography for that is just like awesome. Which is, re- and then for something like this, a Marvel movie to have really good fight choreography. I mean, we don't, we haven't gotten that since I would say probably Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier had a lot of good like hand to hand combat, and that, we haven't had really that good fight choreography in a long time. So to have this like seeing this like the we'll get into it but the bus the opening bus fight sequence mm-hmm. oh everybody seems oh, to be oh we got to do shaky cam shaky mm-hmm. cam doesn't really do anything it really no. like takes you mm-hmm. out of the scene the fact that this was cohesive was like mm-hmm. phenomenal and then we'll get into it but yeah i thought the opening was great at that, like, at that. again i was blown away by how great this movie was i did I not think it was, was off the off the bat you know yeah like it's coming in He's not just some like power hungry guy. He pays assassins. They're yep. altering governments, you know, changing yeah. the course of history through murder. It's not like they're no. playing games here. This is by far the darkest intro, I think, in at least for a human story within yeah. the Marvel universe. For a human standpoint, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you. And I had definitely have to agree with uh Brandy though. The special effects were phenomenal with yeah with it as well because she her and i were both watching this mm-hmm. uh sunday and we mm-hmm. were just amazed with the special effects and stuff like that especially with the mixing with the surround sound and stuff mm-hmm. like that with the, with the trees and stuff i wish i could have actually experienced that but i didn't but you know going back on what you said nick though with the this being a dark intro for an origin mm-hmm. story i like the fact that they kept it dark like that and explained the corruption explaining that how he took over and how he's training assassins and mm-hmm. also too why he's looking for this village. Not only was he looking to con- he conquered everything on Earth, but he was looking to conquer that village so yeah. he can take that village over and train more assassins with that with that mm-hmm. group of people. And the motivations there to me the scariest person that is the, the most scariest thing for a villain is to have their intentions where they have think that they have the best intentions for themselves. And they make him that much dangerous to me. And yeah. this actually feels like he has the best motives for himself and mm-hmm. is very dangerous because he's high on the fact that he wants to take over this village. Mm-hmm. But it has like a little bit of yin and yang whenever he meets up with Shang uh, Chi's mom. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to put my rings away and I'm not going to co- try and do this anymore. It was like a little bit. Of... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So it felt like a little bit of yin and yang, basically, the light into his darkness. And so he retired greed and corruption <laughs> to take care of his kids and stuff like that. Then once his mom winds up passing away, that's when mm-hmm. he starts trying to tra- uh, train Shang Chi. We see the abuse that he went through as a kid. We see the whole entire thing play out with him being an assa- trying to be an assassin, trying to please his dad. He thinks that this is the the motivation that hit. To be honest with you, he thinks that he's doing something right because his dad is telling him to do it. And he's believing everything his dad is telling him at first, and then I just felt bad too because of the fact of the abuse that he took. And especially when uh, one of the villains who has like the uh, the pain on his face and stuff like that, mm-hmm. when he's beating him upside uh, the stomach with that, uh, with uh, I forgot what it's called. Like, he was beating him upside the hit, uh, up. He was beating him up with it. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought that was intense. To be honest with you, to see uh, someone abusing their kid in that kind of way to get what they want builds character. It does. <laughs> I only, and also too. Um, another thing I want to mention is this: when Wu abandons, like I said before, he ended up uh, abandoning the leadership of the organization. Locks away the ten rings of the power and immortality. It grants when Cheng Chi is seven years old. Li is murdered by Wen Wu's enemies, the Iron Gang. When Wen Wu dons the ten rings once again. Massacres the iron, uh, the iron gang, and resumes leadership of his organization. He makes Shang Chi undergo brutal training in martial arts, like I mentioned, but does not allow. Excellent. Uh, how do you say say her the the sister's name? Uh, uh, but, one sec. <laughs> ex, uh, I'm not. Zeling. 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 To to be a part of this or anything like that because. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that she's his daughter and doesn't want her involved in anything that they are being a part of. So therefore, because she's a woman, she, he doesn't want her to be taught in the ways of being an assassin. He wants something more for her versus uh, Cheng Shi, who is basically the father is just wanting him there to be an assassin. He's especially a witness to it, really. I mean, he brings him once he gets his revenge on the Iron Gang. Who's there witnessing dad murder all of these people? Shang Chi. Shang Chi. And I liked how we saw that and through the lenses of Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. And he looked horrified at first. Like mm-hmm. he was shocked to see what his dad does in order to conquer other places and stuff. And seeing that, mm-hmm. he was just shocked with it. He knows it's not right. Right. What? that's at an early age, but he then all of a sudden he just starts being programmed to do what his dad's telling him to do. And then something just clicks to the point. It's like, you know what? I don't want to live this life anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go away and you do your thing. I do my thing kind of thing. And that's it. And he tells his sister, look, I'll be back in about two weeks and, and I'll be back for you. But he never returns. And matter of fact, I liked how they built that up as well, where now there's beef between the brother and sister mm-hmm. And things like that. And it also goes into the modern day setting where Ching Chi wakes up. And then, and of course, the mother winds up giving him the amulet around her neck. But we don't know what that actually symbolizes until like later on that there's some symbolization with it, especially whenever Ching Chi is about to get robbed on the on the train. Mm-hmm. But I like the back and forth between Ching Li and also to. Uh, and also, too, the boyfriend and um, between her and Ching Shi. Mm-hmm. Needy. 
it was Katie and, and he wasn't known as Saint uh, Sun Chi yet. Sean. Sean, you changed your name from Shang Chi to Sean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was hysterical. Um, I'm going from Michael to Michael. <laughs> yeah, like vagina, <laughs> like China to China, right? China to China. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go back earlier. Um, it was like discussing about like the openings. This was a dark opening, but I think for me this year, the darkest MCU opening has got to be Black Widow. That one for me was the most like intense opening I've seen ever in a Marvel movie. Like this one was pretty intense, but I got to give it to Black Widow for the opening because I mean, this, the, the, this, 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 how intense that sequence was plus the soundtrack, like really hiding that sequence for me. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought Tony Lund, he's the he's the the actor that played uh, the father in this mm-hmm. fantastic villain in this. Like mm-hmm. the MCU, just like the DC universe, has a villain problem. They don't have good character developed villains. Mm-hmm. This one is the first MCU one where I had like there is a villain that actually is like, wow, they're you really good for him at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that, like, so. Yeah, it was great. I, mean, I thought he did a fantastic job because that, that's the hard problem is getting movies with really good villains. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ask DC. DC doesn't even know what a villain is. Like, I mean, it's just... I mean, it's, we're not going to get it. Shots are important. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, um, yeah. I had that. But, uh, but yeah, I just thought the, the, this, the, like, this the first time you see you see uh, Sean, yeah, he's working, like, you think he's coming out of the car, and it's just, you know, it's just some other other gentleman. They're just a, they're just a uh, valet. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because those red vests that they were, like, the color of it, it was a trigger because that, that's the type of vest I wear for my job. <laughs> so I was like, trigger. <laughs> that could be you. you just no, I, I, I don't want to park cars. I don't want to have to do a story. No, it people. could be you, Charlie and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. You could be but, the chosen uh, one. And then, and then, Katie, and then this Aquafina. I, I mean, I got to give her props in this one. I didn't. I, I was worried about her if she was going to keep doing her uh, uh, obnoxious comedy in this. She was, she was fantastic in this movie. She, mm-hmm. she did comedy, and she, when she did it, it was actually that worked. It stuck with the film. It was the comic relief. But when it was serious stuff, she didn't break a joke or crack a joke, and that's what I really appreciate. Like that she, she showed her range for sure. Yeah. Also, okay, I, man, sorry. He bets against him in the ring. Yes. <laughs> Where'd you get all that money? You bet on me? No. I don't know what you're talking about. And she put it in her fanny yeah. pack. <laughs> but then then that's like the whole like her sequence were like that. But I think I, I thought the bus sequence was fantastic, but funny at the same time. It's like, yo, 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 what's up? I'm a YouTuber. I'm I'm like, I I took some martial arts classes too, so I can try to grade this. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about. So it's like, what's up? What's up? I'm still alive. Hey, what's up? What's up? And my people are walking by his camera. I'm like, what's up? The, the YouTuber. Another <laughs> thing I thought that was funny too was he says, Hey, you got this, man. You got this. And then all of a sudden you see the big dude with the uh machete blade that comes out of his own hand. He goes, Never mind, dude. You don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I definitely like that actor though. He played yeah. on the show You uh, okay. uh with Joe Go uh he actually played the uh, the book the bookkeeper over there with Joe Goldberg, uh, someone that well basically they saw books in the first season, mm-hmm. so I thought that was actually pretty cool. 
that he was actually in this movie. But yeah. also, too, I want to go back with what Brandy said, though. She said that uh, Samuel Liu, I think that's how you say his name. Simu. Yeah. Uh, basically, he was also in a little small Netflix sitcom show called Kim's, uh, Kim's Store, mm. was, which is actually a good series, by the way. He's, he's going to be hosting SNL this weekend. Oh, is oh, he? Oh, nice. I believe so. Um, I don't watch SNL. I just, it's just, it does, right. I mean, I'm a mad TV guy. So, um, but, yeah, uh, so I just, think that, I just thought that was funnier, but I know he's hosting SNL, but go ahead. But no, um, but also too, I mean, I like how also too, where Katie and her parents, they're like, well, aren't there's, aren't you going to be doing something more with your life than parking valet cars and things mm-hmm. like that? Don't you want to have a nice life? Because I do have a nice life. I, I park cars for a living. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at uh, Sean. She goes, she goes, what are you going to do? He goes, we're going to go park cars. And then, I, and she goes, you don't support me on anything I do. And then the brother goes, I support you. Parking cars is hard to do. Thank you, little bro. <laughs> You'll get that license in no time. <laughs> that, that was actually a part two where I thought they had one of the best tie-ins to the MCU overall, where she's like, you know, we live in an age where a snap of a finger can eliminate half the universe. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. and then and then the 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 posters right before he gets to the apartment mm-hmm. is surviving the blip. So that yep. was like doing that. But I, I want to talk about the the sequence before we get to that, which I think that that was just a nice little funny break. Is like they they have the the double date, like the double dinner. I think it was like her mm-hmm. friend, and like she was a partier, and like, well, you need to, are you going to do something with your life? And she's just being kind of sno- like a snotty bitch or whatever. Yeah. She's like, what, like that? I'm like, well, I can do some with my life, and it's like, yeah, well, I'm, all right, we got the we got the early shift, we got to go home, mm-hmm. we got to get something. Like, yeah, you're right, or. And then they're partying and doing karaoke. I just want anytime that you say or, that happens. And we'll get to that later on with the post credit sequence. I thought that's the sequence of them just partying. Like, I thought that was hysterical. It was kind of like, kind of like it was before shit hits the fan in a sense. And I thought that sequence was so funny. And then the grandma is asking, when are you two getting married? He goes, oh, we're just friends. Um, But yeah. Yeah. um, no, they're going to be friends for like probably the rest of their lives because of what happens towards like with the post credit scene. But we'll get to that. But then, then they, then they, and then he's like, "Yeah, what's up, bro?" Um, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, well, bro, don't worry, you'll get your driver, you'll, you'll, you'll pass your driver's license soon." And she just takes a shot of him, and just opens the door, and then, and then the fight, and then the sequence on the uh, them, and then the uh, this, 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 the comment she makes. Oh, look, look at this business person. She's doing, she's typing a report like on it on a laptop. Or whatever, and I think I think she makes some snot comment. Yeah, she said that's what my mom wants me to be. That's yeah. that's the future version of me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, that that's why my mom popped out of like, and then she made that's, a dirty that's the girl joke. that popped out of my mom's vagina. Is what yeah. she said. That's what that's what she wanted me to be. <laughs> and, then, and, then he's, and then like, and then then all of a sudden the guy gets up in the uh, Sean's face and he goes, um, "Let me get that pendant." And he goes, "I don't know." And she's like, do you know him? No, I don't know him. And then as soon as he puts his hands on Katie, Sean goes in the full, like, he's going to kick your ass mode. And again, yep. that was phenomenally well shot. Mm-hmm. Like seeing that sequence in the theater, it was like, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like it was really, really cool to see again. The choreography was top notch in mm-hmm. this movie. The other fight scene I thought was spectacular pretty early on too, was um, when the, the sister's club gets attacked. 
Oh, this, this, the, uh, yeah, they're, on, they're on the bamboo scaffolding. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. So one thing I have one issue with the scene when Aquafina is um, dangling from the bamboo, yeah, dangling, she like bobs really hard, right? Mm-hmm. She'd fall. Yeah. She would. Number but one, the only thing I can think of was Rush Hour uh, 2. Bamboo, very strong. It won't break. That's like the first thing that I mm-hmm. was thinking whenever she was hanging from the bamboo. But we all know that, that, that something like that, she would actually fall. Yeah. But the thing that I liked about the sister owning the underground club like that, mm-hmm. it goes to show a woman of power and her being able to build something from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really loved about it was the fact that you have a woman who wasn't supposed to be trained by her father. So he, she, what she does is she goes on ahead and makes an underground fighting, uh, underground fight club mm-hmm. and uses it and uses it to her advantage. And she winds up becoming, she winds up taking over what her dad built later on. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like how she comes up from nothing. And then she's like, you know what? I was not trained to be an assassin, but every single day I'm going to train, I'm going to kick some ass, I'm going to do everything I have to do so I can be better than my dad is. And, and so a lot she wants money doing it. Yes, having money doing it. But yeah. But I also, like it though. The and, and then also there's a little some Easter eggs within that little fight club mm-hmm. area. So when they're walking, you see this gentleman, he's like all like puffed up red and he's like that. That's Iron Man three reference right there, with the uh, kind of like the uh, like the the uh, the Guy Pierce character. Um, oh yeah, Kit uh, Kilt uh, Kilt Kitridge or something. I forgot his yeah. name, but uh, he, uh, how he had how he turned Piper um, Pepper into mm-hmm. that into that uh, that type of a beast. Mm-hmm. That was in one of the the minor arenas. Yeah, and the other the other Easter egg, one of the other fighters. Um, she was all dressed in she was all black. That was a Black Widow. That was a Black Widow person. One of the people really? that, uh, yeah. Those well, are then we had the big fight. Yeah. And then Wong. Wong and the Abomination. The yeah. That, that was, was awesome. awesome to see Abomination back in mm-hmm. this again. Because I was like, I don't think that the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, the 2007 movie or 2008 film is part of the MCU. Yes, he's part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Why else would you see Colonel Flack show up later on mm-hmm. and everything too? So it makes sense for the Abomination to be back in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, John! And I don't think so, it was Colonel Flag. I think it was uh, it was uh, Commander Ross. Um, yeah, Ross. Flag is Commander DC. Ross. Yeah, sorry, Flag's DC. Miss Universe. My bad, guys. And it's but, a different comic. It was DC Comics. Wrong right. universe, man. Go back to your bubble. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's good to see uh, some kind of connection to Ross and to see the Abomination be back on the screen again, and then seeing uh, seeing Wong fight up against him. And then using his powers against the abomination to take him down was just awesome. And then I also like the banter that he has. He goes, you really have to learn how to handle yourself better. You're embarrassing me. And he's dragging him back into the portal. But my question is this. where I was trying to zoom in as close as I can as to where he was going with him. But I can't make out what he, where he was going to with that portal or where New he York. was going. He's just, you know, that sewer gator they always talk about. Yeah, a lot bigger. Okay, like, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was good to see them doing that back and forth. And then, of course, you had the battle between Ching Chi and also to uh, 
His sister. His sister, which I thought was great for them to have that fight battle and everything. Of course, I like how they said, oh, busboy, guess what? You're ac- you actually signed the paperwork. You're actually our headliner. Oh, don't worry about these guys down here. You're, you're above them. And then that's, that's of course, that's where uh, we wind up seeing Wong and everybody else. And then you find out late, within a few minutes that he's fighting against his own sister. So his own he sister had us. this thing rigged from the beginning that take him down. And he's yeah. shirtless. And he's shirtless. And he's shirtless. Like, she's like, where's your shirt? Mm-hmm. You got Everybody this. Won. Yeah, she, and she's just sipping there, sipping, sipping her drink. And then she and he finds out she bets on him. <laughs> bets against him. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. That was actually pretty funny. And then, of course, she's he's like, look, I know we had our problems before. And then he's getting his ass kicked and everything. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the match is over with. And then that's when we see Katie with the money. Yeah. And does you bet against me? Yeah. <laughs> and she puts in her fanny pack. <laughs> Which is hilarious. That's like a good callback to the 90s where everybody had a 90s pack. And then I think, and then the sister said, I like your colored pants. Because she's the only like one that the yeah. green, light green pants. Like, she's like, she's like, thanks. <laughs> and then, of she, course, she flatters her first. She's like, hey, you're like such a badass. I love you so much. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> And she's like, he's trying to kiss her like ass. <laughs> um, and then that, and then we have the big action sequence, and that that sequence right. was like seen in the theater because, like, if you're like, if it, it was, it's, it's, you can see it blends in, but I think if you see it at home, it's kind of hard to see because it was, a, it was really, really, really dark to see. To yeah. be honest um, with you, this I, I was on us whenever Brandy and I were watching it. Even when I'm watching on a 45 inch a flat screen TV screen TV, I could see everything to be honest okay. with you. So the lighting and everything was perfect for a small mm-hmm. screen. So for them to do it in the way they did it, I, I'm glad I was able to see everything. It wasn't yeah. a shaky can. They had the visuals done perfectly mm-hmm. well f- for that. And beyond um, the acrobatics too in the scene, I mean, which were spectacular, obviously. It's like watching Circus Soleil, but with knives. Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, we see a real moment of character growth too for Shang-Chi. Where he's fighting the guy that trained him and essentially abused him his entire, you know, childhood while he was turning him into a killer. And if it wasn't for his dad stepping in, he was going to murder him. And that would have been his first kill. Because the whole reason he ran away was that he couldn't kill. So Mm -hmm. he was ashamed to go back to his father. Exactly. You know, he got out of there. So he was willing to kill this guy like that. And it shows that, you know, over the years, although... He's like repressed it from his social life. Clearly the torment that he went through and the abuse that he felt like was eating at him to a point where he's willing to do this. Yeah. And then, and then, then they travel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. No, but another thing I want to mention is the martial arts with this scene reminds me of Jackie Chan with the comedy aspect with the martial arts is just perfect for the, for the scene. And then also too, I forget that the sister's going to wind up being saved, but I saw this movie twice already. And the first time I had that jaw breaking experience where I was like, Oh my gosh, she's falling. How, what's going to happen? Then all of a sudden you see Chang Chi's sister wrap her around her legs and brings her back in. It's Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Katie. And then, you know, then I see that same thing play out again tonight. I'm like, and I forget all about the fact that she saves Katie again. And I had that same effect that happened with me the first time I watched it. 
So I like the fact that I can go back and still have that same experience that I had the first time. Because mm-hmm. normally with films, if I go back and rewatch something, it's like, oh, okay, I saw this before or whatever. And I don't have the same experience. It's so refreshing. Right. It's just refreshing to actually mm-hmm. see it being played out again for the second time. And I still have that experience. So that's also mm-hmm. a plus. But I'm letting you go into the next scene, though, Charlie. Um, I was going to say, what does Marvel have against about, like, female characters falling for their deaths? in mm-hmm. the like, Like, seriously... Have you not learned? Nobody wants this. Like, nobody wanted Gwen Stacy to die the way she died in the Maze of Spider-Man 2. Nobody wanted Katie to protect. Like, luckily, we knew she wasn't going to die, but still, to have that moment. And in, if you haven't seen the uh, M- the new uh, Spider-Man trailer, MJ's fallen. Same way. Mm-hmm. So, again, my brother has a theory on that, how I think he, Andrew Garfield's going to be able to save somebody yep. in that one. Um, that's pretty much how that's going to happen. his character. Everybody characters. <laughs> yeah. But, but we'll get into that Spider-Man talk on Wednesday. <laughs> or after a red notice review or whatever. <laughs> right. So anyway, um they then they then the, then uh the dad and take uh, taking uh Sen- uh Sean, um Sean, uh, Katie and his sister back to the the Cop their house. house, their home, and the dad's telling them, Okay, the reason I brought you together is we're gonna save your mom. Your mom's been captured by her people. And I'm like, okay. I, I mean I, I I didn't buy it, but yeah, that 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 he's just telling that whole story mm-hmm. about like about like how he's, we have to save your mom. And then they and I think I thought the visual for this was really cool when he puts the two pendulums into the dragon. Oh, yeah. All the water yeah. comes out. Like how that visually that was like it was like they they like they went find out from the matrix. Okay, how do you stop how you stop bullets? Okay, how do we stop water? And yeah. that's what they did. I mean, and, the, and the, it was it was phenomenal how they showed that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's just water on the floor. It's like so intricate. It's like carved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see, I like that. And then, of course, Katie goes, "You know what? I wasn't believing in this guy at first, but I just saw a dragon come to life. So yeah. I don't know what to believe anymore." So now you have her kind of on board. Maybe her dad is. Maybe the dad is telling the truth. Maybe mm-hmm. there is some truth to this. And everything mom is alive, even though yeah. Mister gets stabbed. Right, <laughs> and then you wind up finding out you, there's some flashback scenes of him having the rings on mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and that's when he hears the voice of of her saying wanting to be let out at, of her kingdom that she was at when mm-hmm. he very first met her, and so therefore now it's up to them to go ahead and let him out. But mm-hmm. also too, I don't. This is also what caused. This is also another thing that happens, though, with Chang Chi. Whenever his dad goes, and I don't care if we have to burn her whole village down to get her out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna burn us. So you're gonna kill everyone that was they, all the people that loved your wife, burned to the ground mm-hmm. to save the person you love. I understand that you love the person that you love, but what happens if she happens to be in there and then she sees nothing but dead people that mm-hmm. is related to her? It's just like she's like gonna say, "Oh, honey, thank you for killing all yeah. my relatives. I love you for the rest of my life." It was no. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad logic on his end, right? But then again, but, he, he he's not thinking clearly because the rings have really messed up his head. Right? Yeah. It really, really, it like it's kind of like the, the rings to him was kind of like the the chest plate for Tony Stark. It was mm-hmm. killing him, like like in Iron Man Two, that chest plate of his, he was getting poisoning from yeah. that. Or like the I wonder if those oh, yeah. rings are made from the same thing that made 
that that for the for the first two Iron Man movies that 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 saved Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're made from the same thing. If they're giving him sick, the sickness, I don't know. It's just I it just I mean uh, just a theory um, because again the, these rings have been along for centuries apparently, mm-hmm. and so I'm interested to know more. But I wouldn't be surprised if those rings are made of the same metallic that was stopping the bullet from uh, killing Tony Stark. Could be. Wouldn't be the first time that they've crossed over like that. Yeah. Well, well there's a lot of yeah. Iron Man 3 references, though. Mm-hmm. If you think oh, about yeah. It. I'm about to get to the next one. Um, well, they're in their rooms and they hear a voice. They go to see him. What do you know? Oh, it's me, Trevor. What's up? It's Trevor. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, this is right around where we meet the best right. actor in the entire movie, Morris. <laughs> Morris. Morris. Trevor. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, Trevor I was moment. great. Yeah, Trevor was great in this one. He that sucked in Iron Man 3, but he's great in this one. Oh man! What and that? I like the fact that they played the narrative of having that little short film that we had of him in prison, mm-hmm. and then he goes, "Yeah, I was in this federal prison and everything." And then this guy, this guy came and he got me out. So now I'm here. Yeah, I got you out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Tony Stark killed my former boss. Like he he just boom <laughs> blew him up. Like just like he just pretty much mentioned nonchalant mentions Tony Stark Iron Man. So we know this is canon because if you mentioned Tony Stark like that, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they bun- made a bunch of money. And then right when I was they were about to kill me, I did my my I did my Macbeth or whatever. And he goes, oh, what have you done? And they loved it. And yeah, that's what I'm doing my performance. Oh yeah, this is Morris, and everybody's like freaked out. It's got no face. Morris, I would actually buy a, a a little statue or something of Morris, to be honest with you. Yeah. More, I like more Morris. Hey, Clint. Hey. hey, sorry, I was late. It's okay. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. Oh, oh, God. I love that character. I'm so happy he was in that movie. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I liked him in this well, one. I didn't like him in Iron Man 3. I thought he was great in this one. <laughs> It's great because of the character development he's had. Like, in the first one, you didn't realize exactly who he was, mm-hmm. like, in Iron Man 3. And in this one, it's just yeah. like he played more into that character. Like, yeah. it was amazing. And Morris, yeah. oh, God, I want a plushie of that little guy so much. <laughs> That's what I said. I said the same thing. I want a plushie, pl- plushie of him. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was a good, lighthearted, like, introduction. Like, an introduction of lightheartedness in the movie. Because, like, they really used him when it got really dark. So I kind of... Yeah balanced it out yeah but uh a terrorist try if i know <laughs> <laughs> but clint did you see this in theaters or did you see this on disney plus i saw it in theaters and then i watched it again on disney plus okay yeah you so know i gotta only... see i gotta see every marvel movie in theaters i have to that's the way I feel. Just with certain events, I wasn't able to. But still, yeah. at least I got to watch it on TV. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> uh, but still, uh, but back over to Morris and everything. I lo- like you said, Charlie. He was everybody was scared because of the fact that you know they were freaked out over him, and then, and then of course Trevor's like, "Well, it's okay. Do, do not be freaked out by him, because then he, then you make Morris scared." But overall, I thought that was, that comedic part was really good, and then and it, it, it added to the plot. It, like Morris was from the, the from where your yeah. like your mom oh. knew of these characters, mm-hmm. so Morris knows how to get to the location. 
Um, and so Morris is actually the guide to get out of there. And then I like how they steal the the main got bad guy's uh, vehicle. Because that's, they took my car. Well, we'll just see about that. Next thing you know, it they wind up escaping with this car. And then they're going through the, the jungle. Because then they find out that Morris knows the way. Mm-hmm. And I like how they how Morris is actually the GPS, the guide of getting into the jungle. And then you also have the father who's trying to figure out the way to get into into the village. So mm-hmm. you have two different things going on. They have a faster way of getting into there, but he's but the father's also trying to figure out this puzzle of how to get in there, like a little puzzle maze mm-hmm. and everything too. So I liked how they played off of that narrative. Well, John, you yeah. forgot the cool action sequence that got them out of the garage. I mean, I thought that was no, yeah, it was a nice, well shot action sequence. Like the fight sequence, like again, how they shot it again is just, I mean, I gotta emphasize the point. They know what they're doing with this. Mm -hmm. Like I need to see them do another one, like in terms of the action because they, they, they they gotta like up the ante in terms of the fight sequences for the sequel. But yeah, that was a cool sequence, how they got out of the garage Mm -hmm. and how it was like a split second. You need the guard's arm to get through the door and then you see, right when the door closes, the other car crashes. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. They didn't have explosions for the sake of explosions. Oh, yeah. And the chase sequence was amazing. The fight sequence was amazing. I think the best part, like, my favorite part was when they were driving through the forest um, with Morris. Like, that driving sequence was awesome. Um, yeah. But, uh, like I said, I like... No, no, no. I love when they, they, they pop through from the forest and then you know obviously find the gates to talo go through the portal and when they come on the other side you see start seeing all of these like mythical creatures of lore mm-hmm. the nine chinese tails. mythical creatures yes. i loved it the nine tails yeah. um the tiger like, dogs the yeah. phoenix yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right it was it was a beautiful sequence it definitely it was, was it was really stark contrast from the dark that was happening before and then you jump into the light of that mythical area and everything like that um it was it was a really good way they filmed that mm-hmm. i did like the line by trevor earlier on when they're sitting there waiting to go before they morris gave him the signal and talking about like how i wanted to do know what i wanted to do with my life my mom and i were sitting watching planet of the apes and and a bunch of the like he goes the monkeys in this one are like that crazy and I, I turned to my mom and he goes how they do it he goes oh honey they're just actors and he goes how they how like how how they're able to ride horses or, yeah. or something I forgot how yeah. monkeys able to ride horses <laughs> yeah how they teach the monkeys to ride horses <laughs> honey they're just actors and that's how I knew right there that I wanted to be an actor <laughs> just like yeah, monkeys <laughs> I mean I just thought that sequence was just like what it was it was, it was a nice lighthearted moment as like okay you can go now Morris gave you the signal like yep so it was just talking about monkeys and then yep okay just hopped right into it yep. hopped right into it and I like the action sequence with this, with the jungle uh, trying to eat them up yet again. Mm-hmm. And then Morris is telling them to go left, go right, go this way, go that way. Yeah. And then finally, as they're sliding to get uh, sliding through the portal and everything, he said, Morris said that we're here. Great and job, then... everyone. Great job, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
you wind up finding uh, Shang-Chi's aunt who's in there. At first, everybody's very standoffish because they're not even supposed to be there or anything like that. They're ready to fight and ver- and they look like they're pissed off because somebody broke through, which you can't blame them because that portal was yeah. supposed to be there for a reason. It kind of has that Wonder Woman kind of vibe to it where mm-hmm. nobody else, no yeah. other person's supposed to be breaking through the barrier. Did anybody and- else want him to like walk up to his aunt and be like, hey, auntie. I wish. I wish. And this is what I said to uh, Brandy. I said, because they got the perfect person to play the aunt, because Mm -hmm. the aunt looks identical to the the mother. I was like, she's alive? She goes, no, that's the aunt. I'm like, I looked at her, I'm like, oh. (laughs) No, it's okay, John. I thought the same thing. I thought the mom was alive, because we didn't see anything that that says that she's dead. Mm -hmm. And then when you see the aunt, I was like, oh. Okay. When she mounts, oh, I'm your aunt. I, I mean, I, I thought Michelle Yeoh was great in this, but I feel so bad for her because she's always typecast. She's mm-hmm. always typecast as um, in like any of these, in these movies. She's always typecast as that as, that, as the, uh, the the Asian martial artist. And mm-hmm. and it's no, no no credit to her because she's awesome at it. Like anytime, like so, it's a good typecast. But I just have to mention, I feel so bad because she's like she's probably so typecast. But at that point, she can do whatever she wants in her career. Mm-hmm. She's been in everything for the most part. But yeah, I thought she was she was great as the aunt. I mean, she knows how to kick ass. So yeah. she definitely does. And I like the I like the conversation between her and Katie as well, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They just have that connection right there. Where she just basically just welcomes them home with open arms and everything. And then Chang Shi winds up telling him, Hey, look, you, we need to go ahead. My father's coming uh, to burn this place down to look for my mom. He thinks that my mom is here. And then she tells him, Of course, the Ten Rings is the reason why he thinks that the mother is still alive because it possesses what, what, they want, what the person wants the most. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the sister's there with them too. That's another thing we forgot to mention is the the sister is actually witching she as well, and you know of course I like the fact that it's this family reunion between them, and they haven't seen each other for years, and then of course she meets up with Katie, and then there's just like this instant family bonding time mm-hmm. before Vin battle. Been in this movie because it's, <laughs> it's about family. <laughs> Have a Corona. Yeah, no Corona. It's just like it's all about family. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't turn your back on family. Right. It is a Disney it, movie. After. It is. Yes. But, um, I really liked it because uh, that sequence specifically because, I mean, yeah, it was heavy on plot and exposition and all that, but it really pulled together what was happening and why the dad was doing so much stuff because he wasn't actually like – I mean, he was a bad guy, but he's not like a bad guy. You know what I mean? He's a very sympathetic villain. Um, to the point where you don't yeah. even—I wouldn't even consider him full-heartedly a villain, but more like an antagonist. His motives are understandable. Not just his motives are great, but his, mo- his motives are understandable. You can't justify what he's doing, but why he's doing it yeah. uh, makes sense. Um, I mean, I looked at my friend. I went and saw it with uh, my cousin, and I looked at him. And at the end of the movie, I was like, you know, the dad was kind of just like ultimate simp level. Just because he was willing to, you know, release an existential elder god, uh, just in hopes he might have his wife back. But you yeah. know, it's understanding why he did it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I, I found it hard to not like the villain. You know what I mean? And understanding why he was doing what he was doing, like his, he was basically being brainwashed yeah. to do what he did. 
He was great, yeah. though, as the villain, though. I thought Tony Lawn, the actor that portrayed him, fantastic in this. Again, we haven't oh, had... Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. I thought, yeah, like, it was really good to see him in that because, again, I was telling Nick and John earlier on, the movie that I saw him in first was Hard Boiled, Italian Fat, a very young Tony Lawn, which is a fantastic action movie, by the way. But he was great in this, and I thought, because the MCU... Then again, a lot of movies in general, we haven't had good antagonists or villains. Like, Loki's kind of like, he's back and forth, so you can't really call him a villain. But we haven't had, like, because he was great, though. Tom Hiddleston's great. But we haven't had that iconic villain that's actually, like, not just a superhuman being, but he's human, but he's got powers in a sense. So we haven't had that in, like, I mean, geez, DC doesn't even have that. (laughs) I mean, I would argue possibly Killmonger. Um, oh, yeah, Killmonger yeah, is yeah. what I was going to say. Killmonger is a yeah. great villain. Yeah, but other than that, we really haven't had a whole lot Yeah, villain-wise. Um, not just in comics, but just in movies in general. Like, not many yeah. that good villains in a long time. So it was nice to see that. And Having the sympathetic villain, it was almost Darth Vader-esque the way that you felt for him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that scene where they come into Tau... Um, and get that exposition drop because that was a heavy exposition drop. Mm-hmm. Um, really made his character full rounded. And the later sequences that you see him, it explained a lot more about his character. Then uh, also too, the group, uh, like I was saying before too, I like how they go into the origins of how they're gonna uh, take these people down with the dragon scales and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and how dragon scales is actually. Uh, good for killing uh, the beast that's behind the door in case the father mm-hmm. does break through the barrier, breaks through that barrier wall. I liked it. I liked that whole entire thing, right? I like that. I like them explaining stuff to us, yeah, and story rather than flashback. It adds more mm-hmm. to the to the movie instead yeah. of just like they set well, up the battle well. Exactly. Yeah. I think they they set up the battle really well. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Glenn. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Charlie. I was about to say, and then I just love the thought the moment of Katie helping out the old lady with the when she dropped all the arrows, and, oh, yeah. and then the lady hands her all the arrows. Well, guys, I guess we're going to target practice. <laughs> like again, <laughs> she, good thing she does. Yeah. Yes. Right. I mean, she yeah. became an expert archer in what twenty four hours. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's kind of like Belichick trying to train Tom Brady for twenty four hours on becoming a uh, good quarterback. I mean, it's funny. There's like, there's a set of videos I like watching called "How It Should Have Ended," and right, they they just released one for how it's an animated like animated style, and like again, it's hysterical. But they just released one for this movie, Saint Chi, and they made fun of the, how it really should have ended. And you see Katie shooting the arrows, and then the arrow just goes up and then down in the water, and and then she dies. It's like, yep, okay. I guess that's it. That's how it really. What I just learned. I'm. I'm not. An, I'm not Legolas. I just learned how to do archery in 24 hours. Would you expect me to make that shot? Like, I mean, is this? Like, I just thought that was that. That was that. That made, again. I just thought it was fitting that they just did it and we're doing the review for it. But how it should have ended. Videos are hysterical videos. But mm-hmm. but Kate, and they made fun of the Katie thing about. Oh yeah, what am I? And then yeah. They, they, it's a funny video, but yeah, Katie's like, "What? I just learned how to shoot arrows for twenty four hours. What do you expect me to be Legolas?" <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead, Clint. Sorry, I I lost my thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's but, all good. 
But the thing that I I wish they would have saw I wish they would have actually showed it when Katie's trying to get that shot of her trying to take down that dragon and shooting it in um in its neck. I wish they would have actually showed her climbing up a mountain or something to show it, rather than all of a sudden you see the arrow and it goes into the into mm-hmm. the dragon. I wanted to see more from that, to be honest with you, rather than all of a sudden there's an arrow being stuck into the um, into the throat. I wanted her to actually try and take that shot again. I'd try to get a clear shot. If they didn't shoot something like that, and that was just something that they put, you know, on the yeah. chopping board when they needed to trim it down. There was quite yeah, a few they did shoot that did make it. You know, that's just to keep it under four mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. I mean, I mean it, one of those things, you know. Like you don't need to see everything. Like, it's like yeah. the fact that she like it had more effect to that. The fact they didn't show her. You just see her. You just see the the arrow, and then you see her facial reaction, saying, "Oh shit!" And 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 then again, there was really wasn't really many mountains in there, so she could have if she went too far away. There was no way True. the arrow was going to go yeah. from mountain to the grayscale. It, everybody would have been dead by then. Like, so I think I think she was on the ground. Like, but I'm glad they didn't show the process. It, it just it just add more to the effect when you find realize that she was the one that shot the, the skate, like the the monster in this in the uh, in the neck, mm-hmm. and it's her reaction. It just adds so much. Like, oh my gosh, she's gonna nail the shot. <laughs> but I, let's. Oh, I was just gonna help further the point into back to moving along in the film. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say another thing I did enjoy about the buildup for that battle was Shang Chi training with his aunt mm-hmm. and learning about mm-hmm. that he's not just his father's son, but he's also yes. his mother's son. And he has just because he's got all these abilities of his father, he also has the abilities of his mother and learned her fighting style and how to channel the magic mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. they're from. Uh, what was that? In, in one, one day. day. In one day. In one day. Well, I mean, it would make sense <laughs> because he has had so much martial arts training in the past. I mean, once you become like an expert in all those different things, it would make sense for you to be maybe not an expert in one day, but <laughs> get the basics in one day. Right. And, and right. And, and you see, Clint, I like that aspect though. Yeah. Because here's the thing: it's like light side, dark side kind of thing. It's like. Mm-hmm. Your father taught you this, but let me teach you the ways of your mother so that way you can have both balances so that way you can learn how to battle not only your father, but also to help you have a more of a little bit better temperament to when you do battle your father, you'll be ready. So, you know, I like that. And then I said this to my fiance when I was looking at it. I said, he's not, he's going to show mercy to his father. Mm-hmm. I said, he's going to show mercy to his father first before he winds up killing him if he kills him because mm-hmm. that's the way the mother would have actually been because she showed mercy to him at the very beginning because she could have easily killed him but the, because of mm-hmm. the fact that they fell in love and stuff like that she winded up showing mercy to him so this is going to be the same way with Chang chi then you finally get the whole entire thing played out with the war scene mm-hmm. and then the father then this is what happens and then, go, then the father and him starts fighting and then next thing you know Chang chi gets blasted with the rings and and he's in the water this whole entire time and so the father goes over to where the barrier is and of course he's over there trying to get it open and then these other soul-like demons winds up sucking the souls out of everybody that's down on the ground to feed off of this big huge dragon yeah (laughs) And whenever I saw the person that uh, 
that abused Shang-Chi at the very beginning. I was thinking maybe Shang-Chi might kill him instead, but then the Soul Eaters winded up eating, mm-hmm. um, taking his life instead. But, you know, I, th- I thought that was actually pretty interesting. It's like, oh, okay, so this goes even darker than what I thought. Yeah, no, no one's safe. No. no. Those things touch you once, you're done. And mm-hmm. then the big guy comes out. Yeah, there's Dementor. They're like the, the MCU's yeah. version of Dementors. That's exactly uh, what I was yeah. saying. Yeah, it the, makes I, sense. Yeah. The scene I liked before was before the battle was the, again, how the 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 dark the, 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 the not so comedy scene is when son she's revealing about how his mother died mm-hmm. and Katie's there because again Aquafina's like known to do she does a obnoxious comedy mm-hmm. but the fact that she didn't say a comedic line that whole sequence like okay I liked her in this movie because she didn't do comedy for the sake of just doing it like she mm-hmm. waited to the right time to do it when it was appropriate like she read the room. And that sequence was like a read the room, like don't do a sly comment to get the audience laughing because it'll kind of take you away from the scene because it's mm-hmm. an intense scene when you when you find out how the mom died oh, defending yeah. the two kids and the father wasn't there and she took out I think she took out almost all of them and yet she she died at the same point but again I that's what I just wanted to give credit to Aquafina she was great in this and again she didn't do comedy for the sake of doing it she chose the right times to do it. And that, that was the one part I was really afraid of when I was seeing the trailers when she was in it. That she was just going to be co- funny the whole time yeah. when there's not when it's not meant to be funny. But yeah, most definitely. I, I wasn't... I, here's the thing. I don't know too much about her comedic side or anything like that to give an analysis on how funny she is or anything like that. But the fact is, they did balance her character out to where when it was time to be used for the comedy aspect and everything, it actually worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they're really good about that, using comedic actors in dramatic roles and vice versa. Um, Their directing team's gotten to the point where they can pretty much direct anybody to do anything. Um, Anything. Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, they got Vin Diesel reading I Am Groot 500 different ways. The guy's got. Uh, he volunteered for that role. I know. Yeah. yeah. And he's actually, there's an actual script of what Groot's actually saying. He just says, I am Groot with that. But that's a whole other thing. We're talking about Shang-Chi right now. Yeah. Um, right. But, just don't ask Patty Jenkins to do an MCU movie. She'll put a fake prop baby in the movie when there's not meant to be one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, one thing I really enjoyed was that final conflict. Because mm-hmm. first off, you have the Mandarin's army. You got the Ten Rings going against the people in town, and then out of nowhere, the Soul Eaters come in, and then like mm. everything has to change dynamic-wise. And you see some people not able to make that change. Yeah. Um, and you know, you see this guy that's built to be this badass, that masked assassin guy, the trained Shang Chi, just get taken out. Like he gets the guy gets murked. He's just done, like instantly, no no fight mm. whatsoever. And that kind of gets everybody like to snap into it, like, oh yeah, we need to work together now. Machete um, arm holds his own for a little while. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to die. Mm-hmm. Um, he was too cool. There was, yep, there was a deleted scene where he did die. Um, but I will say this, like, the final climax between the dragon and the big demon and mm-hmm. everything, it kind of drew away from what the rest of the movie did, which was like a grounded. It's a lot more of a grounded film throughout. 
which, yeah. you know, I love big explosions, but I was going, like, they're going really hard on this grounded martial arts film. And then at the end, it was your stereotypical superhero whoa, whoa, CGI whoa, whoa. fight are you, are you hating on the dragon? I am hating on the overabundance of CGI. They couldn't I find the real the dragon, dragon for you? <laughs> I love the dragon. <laughs> I can see him going, you know what? I loved everything. But you know what this thing needs? A real dragon. It needs a real dragon and it reads Those portals weren't real. (laughs) No, but I'm saying, like, that film, I don't know. It's just the over-reliance of CGI to make people really excited for a film is what got me. Um, Still, it's the best Marvel movie we've had since Ragnarok, and I'm not complaining about that. Um, Top three Marvel films, in my mind. Um, Over (laughs) Endgame? Everything you said is spot on. Except <laughs> because I like the dragons too. Although I'm a huge, I love the dragons. I'm a, dragon I'm a big nerd. nerd. I play Dungeons and Dragons. I love dragons. Um, right. I'm. Johnny- my dice set right here for D and D. I have my dice right here. Um, but I'm also big into the Cthulhu mythos with uh, all that type of stuff, and I'm big into China- Asian lore, Chinese mm-hmm. and Japanese. But it's just. I don't know the CG too much CGI like the explosions with the rings the overabundance of just lights flashing everywhere plethora of color just they could have toned it down just like they cranked it up to 13 at the end and they could have done kind of make you feel like you're in an anime movie though <laughs> yes but I'm Which not watching an anime it's, it's exactly what they're going especially yeah. in the beginning like when he's charging on, the, on his horses making this the forest field around him Oh yeah, I know exactly like, what they're going for. Supposed to be able to see all that. There's a reason yeah. it's all flat. I know, I know, I know, I know exactly why it's there. It's just ninety percent of the film is more grounded, and ten mm. percent of it is not. It kind of meshes with the motif you got people going with. Isn't the Eternals nothing but CGI for the movie? Most of the movie, though. We're not talking about the Eternals right now. I know, I know, I know. We're not. I don't plan to see it. It looked bad anyway. It was a good film. It was. It was good. It was good. It's not the best. I'm not putting it in the top 15 Marvel, but it was better than Dark World. Did uh did the one guy remind you of Homelander from the Boys? Uh, <laughs> no, it, Boys. it it was more. Uh, he was more. Uh, Icarus was more of like a poor man's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I get Homelander vibes from him. I was like, yep. <laughs> no, it was it was a good film. It's. Not the best, you know. They've done a lot better, but it's better than Dark World, um, better than Iron Man Two. So. And it's because of Iron Man Two, we got uh, we got the Avengers. So I mean, that that's how I credit Iron Man Two. We got because of Iron Man Two, we got the, the Avengers. So that's how yeah. I credit. That's what and I like. Eternals. Eternals is getting us a couple other things. Like I won't spoil anything, but one of my favorite obscure characters is getting his own thing now because of Eternals. So okay. I already know what happens, but I'm not going to say anything on here. Okay. Yeah, no, we're spoiling Shang-Chi, not a Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so, so after all that is happening and stuff like that, we wind up having the battle between Shang-Chi and the father. And I love the battle between them two, because now the father is even lopsided with the fact that he knew some stuff that he learned from his aunt, because now... Before he thought it was just going to be an easy battle because all he knew was the kung fu that he taught Chang Chi, 
but to know that the mother taught him some air elemental kind of stuff with the with the way that she did things with uh, the environment and stuff like that that they live in, mm-hmm. like using the what am I thinking of? Like Earthwind, you know what I'm talking you mean about. Avatar: The Last the Airbender. Using the elements. Yeah, using the elements of where they are, where they're from. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the father is even like, "Whoa, wait a minute. Okay, so now you're not only learned from me, now you learn from your mother. So now it's now he's having to figure out a way." To now stop him, and of course, Chang Chi winds up using his own power, his father's own power against him with the Ten Rings, because now he's got now Chang Chi formed his own Ten Rings, and even though he could kill his father, he stops, and he says, "Stop, Mom's not in there. You need to stop what you're doing." Mm-hmm. And he, the father's being relentless. He's not stopping, and. For a minute there, I feel a little bit of a Killmonger kind of vibe going on yeah. with that whole entire thing, mm-hmm. where yeah. Michael B. Jordan is trying to st- uh, try not to kill him, but at the same time, this guy is dangerous enough to where the point is that he has to put an end to him. And that's how that's how I feel like with Shang Chi. You know, that's that's how I feel about that. What about you guys? I feel um, well. I love the fight, first off. The choreography was amazing. And you could feel the emotion, because she's, like, torn this whole time. Like, he knows he needs to beat his father and possibly kill him, but part of him is hoping that he can save his father. And it really brings um, a lot of Return of the Jedi vibes into there. Um, And any other father versus son conflict, because there's been so many. But it definitely, you can see that Star Wars inspiration, um, along with a couple of anime. Um, Like, like, I'm sure nobody, I mean, maybe some of you would get it, but a lot of um, Naruto versus Sasuke in the original Naruto anime, the last couple episodes when they're fighting at the two Hokage Summit. But um, just somebody that really cares about somebody that's way past safe. And then you see when Shang-Chi does get his own rings, where his father's using those for damaging and hurting and killing, Shang-Chi's using them for avoidance and deflection and parrying and protecting himself. So it's even he has his own father's powers, and he's using his father's weapon in a way that his father doesn't. And you can see that he's slowly earning the respect of the rings. Like, the rings are starting to choose him over his father until the end when he's like, I have them, all of them. Um, well, that's something important about the rings, too, that's mentioned earlier when we're learning about them from the mother, is that the rings give you what your deepest desire right? So, in Shang Chi's case, it's avoiding violence and avoiding killing. So, naturally, it's going to enhance his deflection skills and his abilities to mm-hmm. block things and keep things at a distance from him, which is why he's got so many projectile moves and things like that. Um, whereas the father, you know, he's all power, so naturally... A lot of electricity within his power and his moves and you know he's strangling people with the electronic you know binds that are being created across every one of his attacks so you know you really see the the character personality drawn out from whoever's wielding the rings at that time exactly um and towards the end of the fight his father knows he's beaten Mm-hmm. And then the fight actually doesn't end there. It ends when 
the gate's broken. His father uses his last attack to break the gate. And then his father does do the whole... He sacrifices himself to save Shang-Chi, which does show that the father actually loves his family. He's capable of love, it's just he's been blinded by guilt and resentment and anger and loss. And the fact that the mother, he's been thinking he's been speaking to the mother the whole time, that's fueled that, because obviously he got over it at some point. And then she started speaking to him again. She. And then it just opened up a lot of closed wounds. And then when he sees that monster, he realized, well, I fucked up. And... That's actually that, exactly how he says it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a lot of one effort yeah. in this movie. Not yeah, Nancy, though. That's but, it's movie. canon. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. It's canon now. Um, but, yeah, you know, he sacrifices himself and gives Shang-Chi the rings because he realized at that moment, even though he possibly was strong enough, he realized that Shang-Chi deserved it. Shang-Chi, the world was better off having his son than him. And it was time for his son to inherit everything. And that's how that ended. And it was a very emotional scene, really great fight sequences, the choreography amazing, and the emotion was in it. You could see the actors portraying the emotion of the fight during that fight. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of martial artists, they don't talk when they're fighting. And you're able to communicate through body language and how you're fighting. And that's what was happening right there. That fight was communication. They were having a conversation. Mm -hmm. The art of the fight. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then after that winds up happening, we have this, uh, of course, we wind up seeing yet again with Katie with, and also too with Sean, Sean, Sean now uh, at the table. So what do you guys do? We saved the world from a dra- from dragons and soul leaders and stuff like that. And that's what, that's how we spent our day. And they're just like, okay, whatever. And then Wong shows up. Yep. My boy Wong. Good old Wong. Wong. Like, and you're like, oh, you're Played gonna get, you're getting, Wong. Yeah. You're getting back at me for what I said about you. Like, you seriously say the word, like, the skeptical person. And then, then all of a sudden you see the portal, and she goes, what are you guys looking at? Like, she's a total Karen at, that sit- at the dinner table. <laughs> and then you see the portal, and it's like, uh, Shang-Chi? Uh, Shang- uh, Shang- uh, hi. Oh hi! Yes. Um, so he so he goes and he this and he takes her drink and just chugs it, <laughs> and then he goes, "All right, go. you you too. Yeah, you need to come with me. You as well." Um. Okay, we're gonna go. I'll text you later. And then they go for the portal, and then the credits roll. Um. I don't think that music fit fit well for the uh for the credits. I thought that was a really like poor choice for music for the credits. It just kind of took me out of it. I was like, I just watched a pretty serious martial arts movie, and yet you want to have you want to incorporate rap into it? Yeah, no. I didn't That's know. been the soundtrack. The soundtrack yeah. was fire. The there was, there was really good rap throughout the movie. There was so. rap throughout the whole movie. I mean, that bus fight. There was, was Chinese rap. Yeah, yeah it was Chinese rap. rap. Yeah. Crap. It didn't work for the credits for me. It, it, it worked it, perfect. It followed the flow of the whole film, and I will never like that was the best soundtrack for a Marvel film besides. I Dragon prefer Marvel. the CGI that was used in the Dragon sequence than the music <laughs> at the end. But my question is this: How could it take it out, take you out of the film when the movie's actually over? The movie's <laughs> done. Yeah. The movie's it's done. Over. I don't know. Sometimes the, 
sometimes the poor choice and credit sequence music kind of takes you. I don't know, John. Jeez. I mean, well, I thought the music the at the end of Aquaman was kind I'm of. I'm not. Weird. I'm not really immersed into the credits, and that's coming from me. I'm not either. Not just, I, was, I, was, I, I enjoyed the movie. I don't know. It just took me. Like, just took the music. Just took me out of the credits for a second. Man. <laughs> That's that's how it's not a five star film, guys. The credits right. music just wasn't it. A... I mean, this never was a five star movie for me anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a good like four and a half maybe, but it wasn't gonna be five stars. Yeah, the parking was bad, so three stars. <laughs> the parking was bad. Yeah. The popcorn anyway, was a little stale. Right. And then, and of course, it's a Marvel movie, so you gotta expect post credits. And then the first post credit scene was a pretty good one. It picks up when the movie lets off, and you see they're talking about the rings. And then you hear you hear Banner, so you hear um, Bruce Banner's voice. Mm-hmm. Then you see Mark Ruffalo as human Mark Ruffalo with the sling in his arm. Um, so you know this takes place after Endgame, I guess, because mm-hmm. you want to see but the he's sling. Not Hulk no, no, he's not Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested how that changed. Um, but anyway, he's, and then you and then you see Captain Marvel. Um, them talking about the rings, mm-hmm. and they said like, it's gone back for centuries. And then Brie Larson gets like, or Captain Marvel gets a, a, a beacon. Yeah, I gotta go. Um, Banner also has my too. number, right? And I don't have her number. She doesn't. I know. mean, they, they they get a lot into it though, like explaining that it's not from Earth, not from anything in the galaxy. So that yeah. begs the question: Is it from a multiverse? Which most likely it is, considering that's what the idea of this phase is. You know, yeah. we have multiverse of madness. We have Scarlet Witch messing up with reality. We have Loki messing up with timelines. So even if it isn't from another universe, it could be from another yeah. timeline. Yeah. Um, so it, the rings definitely are from an, another timeline, which makes you think. Mm-hmm. And they're sending off the somewhat of a beacon, is what it was saying yeah. inside of there, which is a yeah. very major plot oh, point. Um, yeah. Well, so earlier, something from where they're from yeah. is going to come in yeah. for the rings. And I said earlier on that since the like, the rings themselves, what they're made of, the I think the, I was just saying the, the type of metallic that kind of made the uh, the father really sick. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same metal that to, that used to protect Tony Stark from like when he first had his chest piece in Iron Man one and two before he found that. Maybe I don't know. It's just a theory. I don't know. I think they're trying to get away from Tony Stark. They've relied on him too much, so it's probably not that. Um, also, they don't glow like that. In like, no, but I was just not 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 the exact same thing, but maybe something similar because obviously the the, the father was really mentally ill with the because of the rains, and then like the, this the 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 what the what a hat the, this the, the the effects on his hands. I don't know. I was just saying that maybe that caused. Something to again, it's just this theory. It's just okay, like, okay. I mean, John, you do it all the well, time, so I figure all I around theories, <laughs> but um, uh, no Brimmore. But I know, Nick, what? I know that you have to hop off here yeah. pretty soon, yeah. though, man. Um, is there anywhere that people can reach you at and follow you at if you want? I'll let you do your plugs and everything before oh, we close yeah, out. You, you can find me at uh, Nick Kafkis or NC Kafkis at Instagram, and uh, yeah. Take it out. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I do appreciate you being on the show, Nick, as always, and everything. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I just want to say that too. And congratulations on film again finished with uh with one of your projects that you just got done doing. Oh yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate and we're gonna have to talk about that later on. <laughs> yeah. Um the project he's referring to is called Glass, which was just selected for the Stockholm Short Film Fest, so nice. <laughs> 
Congratulations. My boy. That's my boy. Just make sure they have a real dragon in there so that we get a five-star review from from Clint. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I but anyways. Two, two dragons. Two dragons. But anyways, man, uh, congratulations to you. I'm happy for you. I'm looking forward to having you on here for the next one. Appreciate it, guys. Not a problem. Yeah, have a good rest of your night. See you. Well, what I like the but, end of that sequence, which I thought was funny, about like, all right, you got your lives are gonna be changing forever now. Go out and get some rest, and then Sean goes, or, and then they're sitting in Hotel California getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that, and Wong is over there singing with them and stuff like that. Well, that that's was a Wong. perfect. To, that's Wong. Yeah. That's yes. Perfect Wong. Yes, to be, it's to be perfect. Honest with you, that's actually the. I was actually surprised that they didn't close out the movie with Hotel California Hotel uh, with that song yeah. by the Eagles. I'm surprised they didn't yeah. close out with that. Well, they went they went with their normal um, because it was that this film was very much like Asian American empowerment. So obviously they're going to go music like, you know, China pop or K-pop true. or something of that nature. That's true, um, too. Now, the end credits that's the most impactful was the one about the sister. Now, she is in charge of the entire Ten Ring Syndicate. And yes. that is horrifying. <laughs> because, like, she she's not like her father where she's evil. Well, she's definitely not a good person. We can well, all agree with that. She's a criminal. She's, she's not, a criminal. Like, she's not an evil mastermind. She's not, like, out to rule the world or whatever. But she's definitely a criminal. And, like, that's kind of horrifying in a way. Um, because when you think about it, this is Marvel's equivalent of uh, the League of Shadows from DC. Mm. That's and true. It, well, one of them. Marvel's got, like, five major assassin organizations or whatever, you know. you got Daredevil's whole group that he deals yeah, with. Yeah, you have, like, the Yakuza and all that Yeah, you got stuff. the hands and all that. But the these guys... I think I forgot that there. It's been a while since I've seen the Daredevil series. Is it the uh, the, hand. the hand? The hand. There we go. The, the hand. Yeah. yeah. But these guys are more like mystical than the hand are. But like that's that's horrifying. And the fact that she's associated with people like Abomination. We saw that she's associated with Abomination. She's got Vibro Machete guy now. She's got all these criminals, and she's got people that have the centipede virus from Iron Man Two. She's got like. She's got all the black. She's got a couple black widows. Like she's got a vast network of yeah. people working for her uh, right. that she had already. On top of the ten rings that she now has, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the future. You see, I think that's actually a. Pr- I want to bring that up too because I like the fact that you have a woman who's in power on this thing, mm-hmm. and she's also deadly if she if she's she's also deadly. Let's just put it this way: she's a deadly yeah, she's person. With all these people that's working for her, but it could also be used in a superhero or a hero's perspective, though, too, where maybe they have to make a deal with her. It's like, you know what? I think I have just the person for the job that you need to ha- have someone that's tough and everything to have be on your side. So let me go in and pull from my catalog of villains that you have, that I have here. She's definitely an anti. Yeah. Um, which is probably the most dangerous thing because you never know where their allegiance is going to lie at any given point in time. Um, 
And I think that what she's going to be more of is like a broker of sorts that gets brought in at some point. She might not be like a major villain or major hero, but she's definitely going to be somebody that can get you in touch with somebody. And I think that's how they're going to, because they've been slowly working on the idea of the Thunderbolts, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, by recruiting different characters throughout, like in Black Widow, she was recruited by the the new Black Widow, Black Widow's sister. Yeah, Yelena, like Val. Yelena. Yelena, yeah. Yeah, Yelena, um, they they recruited the Patriot um, from the Captain America series, and now they're definitely going to pull from her because she's got Abomination working for her, and he's always been a staple member member of the Thunderbolts. So, like, that's definitely something that's going to get going. I wonder, too, I wonder if that's the person that uh, Sharon Carter... um, contact at the end of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series about, so, do you want to know all the S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets? I don't know if she's playing double agent with them, if they knew something again, because it seems to be all connected. Sharon yeah. Carter could have been, could know something about that as well. Oh, John. Oh, that. Yeah. He's having tech issues, it's fine. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think that's definitely something that could be going. Um, it's just something that'll be interesting. Like, yeah, I think this uh, either armor wars with uh with uh Rhodey that might this might be figuring that or the secret invasion with Nick Fury. I think secret invasion might be it, um because I mean if you look at comics that's a yeah. whole lot of stuff that changes up a lot of different relationships and power dynamics. Yeah, but it's definitely I will say Shang Chi, top three Marvel films of all time. Love it. Yep. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorites. Uh, it's hard for me to do a rankings on which ones I like the most, but it ranks up there with Ragnarok for me, to be honest with you. Oh yeah. And I don't oh. want to do a scoring on it because I feel like if I do a scoring on it and it doesn't meet up to other people's expectations, because of me having a high standard on how I like it, that person might not have. The you don't want to overhype it, right? I don't yeah, want to overhype it or anything. But I think it's a great. I just Marvel tell film. people. I tell people that haven't seen it great film regardless i don't care if you think it's perfect you're still gonna have a great time it's gonna mm-hmm. be a great ride you'll you'll love the film maybe you won't love it maybe you'll just like it yeah. but it'll still be worth watching definitely uh, you don't have to score john i will i give it eight and a half out of ten yeah. <laughs> i mean that, that's that's for me i mean you don't do the scoring i will so yeah i i, I, I mean it's solid it's gonna probably be in definitely my top 10 of this year um, it's on my top is it not is it my like? Is it you know my what? top three Marvel movies of all time? Not necessarily. I mean, it's in the top five, but I just hey, have you know like, that's good enough. That's good I mean, enough. I, I mean, I got. I mean, I got so. Civil War. <laughs> I mean, I have the first Avengers, Civil War, and like Winter Soldier and Civil War. They, they, those are my top three because the Winter Soldier really changed the game for Marvel movies for me, and Winter Soldier is just such a good movie. And Civil War, badass film. Like, Civil it's War. No good. It had a lot of points that made it difficult to watch at points. Um, and that's just because they tried to splice so much together into one film. Um, and they had multiple backstories they had to flesh out for a single film, which made it very difficult. Um, but I can see how, I mean, it's still my top five. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, that, that, and that's where I have it. Yeah. But again, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's I can a good Marvel see. movie. It's a lot better than some of the other ones I've seen in the past. But, um, I mean, I, I can't fully rank it, but I just know I have other ones ahead of it. 
Like, yeah. Winter Soldier, for me, is definitely in my top three, because the Winter Soldier was so good. <laughs> but, yeah, I give this film 9.5. Like I said, just the overabundance of CGI at the end is the only thing that kept it perfect. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to rank as well. Um, so, I'm going to go with, like, a 9... I'm going to go with Come a 9.8. Come to the dark side. 9.8? <laughs> 9.8. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so that, that gives it average a solid 9. Right. Um, which is a Probably 9.1, honestly. Um, I'm sure Kafkas would agree with the, the 9.5s to the 9.8 region as well. Um, but, yeah. 8.5. <laughs> yeah. It de- definitely above that. Um, but, yeah. Great film. Uh, one of the best ones of this year. The only film that hasn't beat is Dune. Otherwise, perfect. I got, I mean, I got uh, No Time to Die. I really love that movie up above this one in terms of my rankings. I just, the action sequences for No Time to Die, I was seriously impressed with how they filmed it. But, uh, I still need to see it. Me too. Uh, I'm not, I'm, the last James Bond movie turned me off from this one. I know I need to go watch it just because it's the last James Bond they're going to do for a long time. I saw Spectre in theaters, and I was disappointed with myself for watching it. <laughs> just as, you so. won't after watching this one. The, the, it, is, it fills in a lot of ga- This movie fills in a lot of gaps in the backstory of Melanie, uh, a swan. Um, it, it, you find more about her back history in this one. Okay. Um, but no, 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 uh, this one is I'll wait. I'll wait for it to be out of theaters. It's already on, D- it's on on-demand now. <sighs> but I still have to pay. <laughs> it's worth it. It's but, worth it. But, but anyways, not- guys, uh, so, with that being said, what did you guys think of Shang-Chi? Tell us in the comments below on what you guys think of it. Also, to give us a thumbs up to like, let us know what you guys think of this uh, review that we did. Also, too, Clint, where can everybody reach you at in case anybody wants to get in touch with you or follow you and all that other good stuff? Well, um, you can follow me at RNR Productions 93 on Instagram, our RNR Film Productions LLC on Facebook. Um, if you didn't catch that uh, in the name, I'm a filmmaker. I do a lot of film work. If you're interested in learning how to do film or hiring somebody or just looking for somebody to mentor you, I'm available in my DMs on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I have an email address, though it doesn't get checked more times than once a day. Um, it's rnrproductions93 at Gmail. Um, other than that, I don't give out my personal stuff, so there's my professional stuff. Okay, so with that being said, guys, go on ahead, like, subscribe, do all that other stuff. Also, too, click that little bill on the bottom right-hand corner to allow you guys to know that we have some new stuff coming out. Matter of fact, in a few minutes, Charlie and I are going to be doing a trailer react uh, reaction to a horror film that I was actually a part of. And I was actually the editor and screenwriter for um, for this film. Um, matter of fact, I was actually the editor for the screenplay for this film. And it was also written by Creighton Hobbs. It was also directed by Creighton Hobbs. So... Stay tuned for that in a few minutes. But tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Beth from Made for TV Podcast is going to be joining me for us to review the 1985 Michael J. Fox movie Teen Wolf tomorrow night. And also to don't like I said don't like I said before, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe. Also too, if you want to donate to the page, all you have to do is go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. And that's how you can donate five to ten dollars over here. But a simple like, a simple share goes a long way over here at Movie Lovers Unite. And that's about it 
for tonight. I do it. Thank you again, Clinton, for doing that. And always until next time, guys. It's been Absolutely. real. It's been fun. And I can't wait to do that. Do this again. And bye bye.